0: Welcome to the LC Parent Podcast, where we get real about the struggles, victories, and laughs we share as parents.
1: All right. Welcome to the LC Parents Podcast. We are so glad that you guys are back with us today. Uh, if you're new with us, LC Parents, this podcast is to serve the parents of Life Church. We're a multi-site church based in Edmond, Oklahoma, with currently 33 locations. That's changing by the moment. It feels uh, in 10 states. We're super excited about what God is doing in this particular house, and we're led by our pastor Craig Groeschel. He's absolutely amazing. Should probably follow his leadership podcast. Uh, shameless plug there. Uh, we have several ways that we like to partner with parents. This podcast is just one of those ways. Some other ways is clearly at Life Church. We have what I would consider to be the very best next gen ministry in all of the land. Uh, Life Kids is our ministry for children birth through sixth grade on the weekends. And then Switch is our ministry for sixth through 12th graders that meets every Wednesday night throughout the school year. Great way to partner with you as a parent. You need. A secondary voice in your kids' lives. Although you are the most important influence in the life of your children, they always need more influence. And we love to have people that are speaking truth over our kids. And Life Kids and Switch is a great place uh, to partner with your church. We believe in small group ministry. We believe that every kid, every adult should be living in the context of biblical community. And here at Life Church, that begins with two year olds. So we hope that your family is a part of those ministries and that you yourself, another way that we partner with parents is that you should be in a life group. We are a firm believer that every parent is going to parent better if they have a group of other parents that they can share their lives with. We love to pray with one another, share our stories, and encourage each other. So if you are not currently in a life group, we hope that you'll do that. Um, Facebook group. We do have a Facebook private group that we'd love for you to join. It's called LC Parents. Just go become a part of that. We share all kinds of great resources. There's a lot of prayer uh, requests shared there. There's a lot of inspiration. It is a great community to be a part of. And we do have an Instagram account. Again, a lot of great resources shared there, encouragement and prayer. Again, LC Parents on Instagram. All right. I am super pumped today. We have one of my good friends, John Mays, is joining us today. John, we're so glad to have you on the Uh, podcast. Thanks for having me, Allie. Yeah, yeah. This is going to be fun. I love your story. I love the story that you and your wife, Mandy, have. So I'm looking forward to you guys uh, or for you having an opportunity to share that with all of our listeners today. Uh, John is the Central Ministry Lead for Local Partnerships. That means a whole lot of really cool stuff, and he's going to tell us about that here in just a second. But the thing that I think uh, excites me the most about you being on today is we're not necessarily talking about your role at Life Church. We're talking about how God is using you and Mandy as foster parents. And I'm excited for you to share a little bit with us about all of that, but let's start with... Just to intro for us. What is it that uh, you do here at Life Church? How did you get to Life Church? What is uh, the central ministry lead for local partnerships? Shed a little light for us.
0: Sure. Um, so the central ministry lead for local partnerships. Essentially, um, my role is just helping us figure out how we do better at doing good inside of the communities where we call home, like our churches. Um, and so that looks like um, partnering with local organizations, other nonprofits that share the same heartbeat as we do, that really believe in that restoration happens best through relationship. Mm. Um, and so we partner with other organizations around the city, around the state, and really um, around the continent where our, con- uh, where our campuses are um, in order to um, help resource them both financially with grants, but uh, also with volunteers to do those life-on-life relationships with other folks that are finding their way out of different types of brokenness.
1: Cool. That's, yeah, that's a lot. What you're doing is amazing. I love how you serve the community and how you lead our church to do that. So, thank you for that. Tell us a little bit about how did you wind up at Life Church?
0: So that was a total accident. So when we talk about loving the marginalized, I mean that was honestly that was that was Mandy and I. Um, so we showed up to uh, Oklahoma, uh, pretty broken on the verge on the verge of divorce, mm. um, and she actually started attending Life Church. And so um, I opted not to. In fact, I had a friend of mine out in L.A. wanted me to write a screenplay for him, and so it was kind of this um, backhanded slap at organized religion. And so I didn't have any context <laughs> for church because it had been years since I'd been. And, and so I was like, hey, you keep inviting me to this uh, life church thing. So I'll tell you what, I, can I go this weekend? And she was thrilled. She's like, absolutely. And so I went and. Um It it wasn't like something I hadn't ever seen before you with the contemporary concept, Um, but I I didn't get what I needed. Um, I couldn't find any dirt on Pastor Craig, and I tried really hard, Um, (laughs) but it just, it it doesn't exist. He's actually a really good guy. Uh, And so I went back the second week thinking, you know, I'm gonna find the flaw, Um, and God had other plans for me, and I actually never left. Um, Ended up giving my life to Christ in the South Oklahoma City campus, and about uh, a year, year and a half later, I found myself as a Life Groups and Missions pastor uh, there at that campus um, where wow. I was for like the last six and a half years. Uh, I've been in this new role for about four months now.
1: So okay. I love it that here. you came in with this covert mission to like oh, tear yeah. us apart. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> God had all, totally different plans. Yeah. He's, he's funny that way. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So I can't wait to get into your story. Tell us about uh, how you and Mandy wound up being foster parents. How did, how did that come about? So we,
0: I mean, when we gave our lives to Jesus and we showed up, we literally knew nothing about how to live a, a Christ-filled life. And so uh, we were just taking whatever next step that that pastor said from stage. And so I think it was probably like three or four months into me being there, they were talking about the fostering space, um, just loving people, um, loving kids who were from hard places. And I, I think for us, that was just the next logical step, because we could really relate to that, um, because it wasn't so much about just loving loving foster kids, it's about kind of loving the... The, the underdog, the outsider, Ooh. the the down and out, because for Mandy and I, that that was us when we showed up at Live Church. We were the ones that um, didn't really fit your traditional church model. Um, and so we've always really tried to connect to to loving people in that in that way. Um, That's fantastic. So we showed up at a foster care event. We we're gonna be really obedient. Um, and then fear kicked in and it was man I don't the, the same that you hear it all the time in foster care space. Like, I don't know if I can give them back, or this can be really hard on our kids. Or, you know, what happens if a if a, if a child makes up some story? Can your kids be removed? And so we actually left that meeting and we decided, you know what, that's just too much risk for us. Um, our faith hadn't grown to that place yet. Uh, and so we decided, you know, we, we've got another plan. We'll We'll adopt. We'll go private adoption. And so we started fundraising, um, doing all that type of stuff. And probably about two weeks later, we get a phone call from someone from our past. And um, she'd been struggling with addiction. And she called Mandy and said, hey, I'm, I'm pregnant. Um, and I was wondering if you guys would adopt my baby. And so we were like, absolutely, clearly this is a God thing. And so we started taking the classes, got all the paperwork together, got the adoption attorney, got her set up on insurance. Um, and we got about to the seventh month period. Um, and she just went dark on us. Oh, wow. And, and changed her mind. And so there we are with, you know, attorney fees and all this paperwork done um, mm. and no baby. Heartbreaking. So, yeah. It, it was pretty rough. I think we just went numb and just put the paperwork in a drawer um, and really didn't talk about what our next step would be. We just kind of just forgot about it, honestly, hmm. until, uh, we get a phone call from one of Mandy. it was Mandy's sister. And it was a lady who we had actually watched her kids twice. Um, and so we didn't really know her all that well. So Mandy's sister's friend, Mandy's oh, okay. sister's friend. Yeah. So she'd gotten into some trouble and had her kids removed. And uh, we were like the last ditch effort. Um, nobody else that she knew could could pass a background check or could take the kids in. And so they were asking us if if we would be what they call a kinship placement um, for these two kids. And so we've got this paperwork sitting in the drawer and a room that was all ready to go. And so we we said yes. And we've wow. been fostering ever since.
1: That that's so amazing. I love it that you're willing to share the reality that man, we're yes. The answer is yes. We'll foster. And then you go and you hear and you. You kind of turned the corner, mm-hmm. and I think that that's reality. I think that that probably happens for a lot of people, and I love that God continued to work on you guys and provided you with these other kind of opportunities. Even though that first part um, seemed like a disappointment, God was obviously setting you guys up. You had all your paperwork prepared, the room mm-hmm. was ready, and so I, I think that that's so great. And I love it that you continue down the path of obedience, even in light of like I don't maybe we miss God on this. So I love that. Um, what were your expectations? going into being a foster parent?
0: I think when we stepped in, um, we always had a really cool family unit. Um, you know, we've got the two kids that everybody loves, you know, Harper and Dalton. Um, they were kind of Celebrities on the campus, if you will, they just have big personalities, and so we're like, we we know how to parent. We've got this thing on lock. Right. And so um, when we got these two kids, um, you know, we'll call them Jay and Leslie, and we just knew we were going to be the absolute best thing for them. Um, and it, it wasn't really easy. Um, they had both experienced a lot of trauma, um, just being removed from your mom in and of itself. Ooh. Is, is trauma. And so they weren't near as receptive to our love, to our family dynamics. Um, there was a lot of pushback, but over time, you know, that got better. Uh, but what we didn't really anticipate was how we would start to kind of see ourselves as um, kind of the heroes in this story. Hmm. Like, here's our family coming in, helping out these kids um, that were in kind of a bad spot, and we started seeing the kids really open up. Um, they were laughing again, having really good time with our family, and so it just made sense. Like, man, we you know what? We just need to take these kids in. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is, mom wasn't ready to give up on her kids. And so, which is great. right? It is great. I mean, ultimately that's the win you want reunification. Okay. Um, But sometimes in the foster care life, you can kind of get wrapped up in people telling you what a good job you're doing. Um, Like, oh, you're making such a big difference and you can kind of start letting it go to your head and your pride kicks in. And before we knew it, we'd become really self-righteous. And we found ourselves in a really bitter dispute with this mom. Um, trying to keep her kids from going back to her because we honestly felt that we knew better. This was the second time they'd been in custody. These kids can't, they can't handle another setback. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we we know best. Um, And it wasn't until... Uh, she showed up at our house one day to pick the kids up for a visit. And like, we were barely on speaking terms. I don't know what led to it, but we ended up sitting down at my dining room table and I just asked, I was like, so what's your story? And I think at the end of the day, I was trying to get it like, man, why are you the way you are?
1: Right. Okay. So right? you're still coming up with yeah. this little bit self-righteous. Yeah, and-
0: I wasn't trying to pastor, I think when I asked that right. question, um, but she started sharing her story. And the more she shared, it just became super apparent that she and I were so much alike. Wow. And so all the things that I was holding on to that I was like, well, we can provide this for her kids. We can provide this better mm. life for her kids. We are, we've got this whole church behind us. We're, we've we got a support system. God was like, why don't you stop being so arrogant and just be the church? Why don't you just be her support system? Um just, Oh, it was huge. <laughs> wow. Um, and I'm in tears and I ended up like just apologizing to her um, and asking her, to forgive me. I remember specifically saying like, I have not shown you the grace that, that God has shown me. Mm. Um, you know, and as a believer, like I'm just wrong and I need to apologize for that. I need yeah. you to forgive me when you can. Um, and she broke down in tears and she, she forgave me. Uh, and it was probably a week later, I was writing a letter to the judge, um, recommending that he placed the children back with her and that we would do anything that we needed to do to be your support system and make sure it worked. Um, and he did. And, uh, we have Thanksgiving dinner with them every single year. Oh. Um, I just did their wedding. Um, she got married <laughs> probably four months ago. Uh, I officiated their wedding, and so you know we didn't we didn't lose the kids. Um, you know we helped restore a family, and God just used us. But He had to break us of, of our pride um, in order to allow that to happen for us.
1: That's ridiculous. That I didn't expect the story to end that way. Um, gosh, first of all, thank you for being transparent and sharing uh, kind of where you were in that and how God broke you during that time. But I I love the fact that you said the goal is reunification. That's actually the goal Mm -hmm. and just the work that God did there. And the fact that you guys are all still connected and you realize that the kids, it sounds like, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it sounds like the kids were sort of God's excuse to allow you to support her yeah you know of course they need support too Mm -hmm. but this was so much more about the whole family unit which i think you're right i think a lot of people enter into fostering thinking i'm going to be the savior i can save Mm -hmm. these children from what you know fill in the blank um and so your story is amazing the
0: kids needed support but they needed support from their mom
1: yes
0: and she just needed support from someone else so that she could adequately provide that
1: right oh that's that's the magic that's good um So you mentioned your children, so Mm -hmm. they're amazing. They are amazing. So this clearly affects them. When you're taking foster children into your home, it does affect your family dynamics. So talk to us a little bit about what that looks like.
0: Yeah, there's definitely a sacrifice your kids make when they step into the fostering space. And so I would strongly recommend that if your kids are old enough to understand just the basic concepts of fostering, that you include them in that conversation before jumping in. But um, I think the biggest sacrifice came from my son Dalton. Um, He literally shared everything with our first (laughs) placement. Um, They were the same age. And so for two years, not only did he share his parents, his room, he shared his little league team. He literally shared his underwear. Uh. Um, Like there was no, no matter how hard we tried to be like, no, this is his and this is yours. Like this kid just didn't know boundaries. And so we shared every single aspect of his life um, with this other kid. Um, Our daughter actually went through a really hard season of depression that was worse than it needed to be um, because she didn't reach out to us because she could see the challenges that were coming with us being foster parents. And so when we were finally able to get her to open up, she's like, "Ah, I just see how busy you are and and how these other kids need so much more that, you know, I figured I could just handle it. I'd be okay. I didn't want to be another burden. Um, and so just really having to, to back up and, and, and make sure that all the lines of communication were open so that we could have open conversations about how everybody was doing. Um, but it, it absolutely, um, requires a little bit of sacrifice on, on everyone's part.
1: Yeah. So, and everybody's good. So how do you, yeah, how do you work through some great. of those things?
0: Um, I think honestly, it's just having those open conversations is just making sure that um, in the past the kids would just open up and, and, and tell us things. Mm-hmm. So it just, had us being a lot more intentional about creating avenues for them to share, creating safe spaces for them to talk, Um, not feeling bad about doing things with just our kids, Mm -hmm. you know, from time to time um, to just give them that place of of normalcy uh, and giving them weekends off too. Sometimes like mom and dad need a break. And so maybe a friend of ours would, would watch the, the, the foster kids for us, but sometimes we were good, but our kids just needed a break. Ooh. And so they just be like, "Hey, can I can I spend the weekend at a friend's house?" Yeah, sure, absolutely. That's um, great. And just having those conversations,
1: making sure that they knew that it wasn't the expectation that they're in it twenty four seven either. That's I think that's so important. I think those are probably some of the things. Can I ask you a quick question? This is sure. completely off what we've talked about, but are there life groups at Life Church that are made up of? foster families so that they can get support and hear these kinds of things? Might someone find something like that?
0: So not very often. Okay. And so it's kind of like this. Someone told me that being a, in a being a foster family is kind of like being in the rapids. And so if you, if you take a lot of foster families and you put them all in the same <laughs> space, it's like everybody's kind of trying to stay afloat. Mm-hmm. And so what I found at South Oklahoma City was the best thing to do was to really just find people that weren't fostering, um, and just surround them around a family that was. That and so totally that you've makes got, sense. You've got that sense of normalcy from everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe they've adopted or maybe they've been around foster. They just understand it. They get it. Right. Um, but they're not doing it themselves.
1: Okay. So, but being a, a foster, a, a set of foster parents, you need to be in a life group. You you you, need some support.
0: You absolutely need to be in a life group. You absolutely need support. You're going to buy into the lie that you can't take these kids to someone else's house. Because sometimes kids don't, they they come from a different culture, a different place. Mm -hmm. Maybe they don't take care of things. Maybe they're really loud. Maybe, I mean, we had a four-year-old that cussed like a sailor, right? (laughs) And so you're like, man, I can't. we can't come to go to the church picnic right. with this, but you, you absolutely can. And right. you, you, you really need to. Um, and worst case scenarios, if you find yourself in a spot where you just simply can't get there um, because a lot of times you've got training, you've got court, you've got therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, make sure that you are surrounded with people that are coming to you right. um, and checking on you That's good. Um, and making sure that you're taking care of yourself so right. that you can take care of your family and, the, and these foster kiddos as well.
1: Yeah. It just sounds like you can't, foster in a silo. No, you've you have got to have some support. So, okay, so you've talked a little bit about um, the fact that fostering actually does create some disruption in your life. Mm-hmm. So tell me why would anybody that's listening, why would they invite that sort of disruption in their life?
0: As challenging as it is at times, I mean, we wouldn't change it for anything. Um, I think when James says, consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you experience trials of many kinds, because you know, the testing of your faith produces perseverance like he means it. So like my family is this upper middle class family. Like we never worried about where we were going to sleep. We never worry about where our next meal is going to come from. Like if we, if we're being honest, the things that in a Western culture, we just think we need, we're pretty self-sufficient. But when we stepped in this role, we recognized really fast that when Jesus talks about, you know, loving your neighbor as yourself and loving people well, um, that that's really what we need. And it's something that we lacked. And you really can't learn to love people outside of just your family and your friends and people you get along with, um, without putting yourself out there and putting yourself in these situations where you, you literally have to practice loving well. Mm. Um, and you we get it wrong sometimes, we get it right sometimes, um, but I mean, at the end of the day, if like, you want to be a great painter, you you keep painting. If you want to be a great writer, you keep writing. Like, we just want to show the love of Jesus that he's shown us um, mm-hmm. to the world. Um, so we just keep stepping into that. Like Our kids are so much more generous than, than so many other kids that we know. And I, I don't mean that from a comparison statement. Right. It's just like they understand. Um, they've been around kids that that have had some pretty, some pretty hard trials, some pretty hard times. Mm -hmm. Um, so they're just that much more appreciative about what they have. They're just that much more willing to share what they have with others. Um, you know, for Mandy and I, it's made our marriage that much stronger. It's made our relationship with our kids a lot better. Um, and there's something about it. When you learn to love other people well, you actually learn to love yourself better. Right. Um, and it just makes all of our relationships that much stronger, that much deeper. Um, you know we, we've talked about not fostering and our kids are like absolutely not like that's no, great. We, this is who we are this is what we do we get to Aww. live out the
1: gospel tangibly every single day that's uh, fantastic and we love it well it's, this has been so inspirational uh, gosh I know there are going to be a lot of people that have a lot of questions about how can I, how do I get started? How can I just find out more? I don't know for sure if I want to step in or I'm all ready. What are some next steps people can take in order to get into the foster space?
0: Well, uh, Ali, I mean, you guys have been great partnering with us inside of the Life Missions area um, where we've got a space right on the life.church forward slash parents page um, where you can uh, find all the information you'd want about either being a foster parent or an adoptive parent. Um, But that's not for everybody sometimes it's just about strengthening existing families because really the win at the end of the day is that there not be a need for foster care. So if we can serve with some of our local partners that help people find their way out of addiction or incarceration or underemployment or under education and we can strengthen the existing family, that's the win right there. Um, and so you can find ways that you can serve with a local partner um, or maybe you just use what you have, which is your family, your home, um, and you just create a safe space for the neighborhood kids to, to come be, um, mm. to raid your refrigerator. We're out there welcome, but they're just a place where <laughs> they know that they are welcome and that they are loved. Um, I think those are all really great next steps
1: that's fantastic. That actually took a turn. So it's not necessarily all about fostering. What I'm hearing you say is the ultimate goal would be that there's no need, you know, that we're helping families get better before a child ever winds up in foster care. Yeah. The best
0: place whenever it's possible for a child to be is with their existing family. Um, And so that was God's plan A. Right now we're just running plan B um, because we need to, but it'd be great to see that need go away.
1: So it looks like a a lot of our local mission partners are serving a purpose that helps restore families, helps adults find employment, uh, break Mm -hmm. addiction, and some of those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. So if I'm not ready to step into fostering or step into that space, there are ways for me to connect and to serve and and help the community get stronger through some of our local mission partners.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Great. And so all of that, life.church forward slash parents, and there's a place there for me to click and find uh, ways to get connected. Okay, yep. great. That's awesome. Um, gosh, there, this has been such a joy having you with us. It's so good to hear your story. I love the fact that you talked a lot about your own family, your the kids, and how they've responded. I love hearing how they're, they're more generous and how they're walking out the gospel every day. I think that was my favorite, uh, favorite phrase that you used there. Well, we hope that everybody that listened to the podcast today finds themselves at life.church forward slash parents. There are also lots of other resources there for parents in general. Uh, There are YouVersion Bible reading plans. There's information about our ministries, a plethora. So don't hesitate to go to life.church forward slash parents for any support that you may need uh, for your family. Also know that serving in any ministry uh, in next gen at life church is going to be a great way to support families, obviously, right John mm-hmm. Oh yeah so just serving in life kids or switch there's a way for you to be a mentor and to partner with parents um, to to help them be that voice that I talked about earlier to be the secondary voice in a child's life that's speaking truth mm-hmm. over them so We're excited about that. There's a lot of opportunity there. We hope that all of you will subscribe to this podcast. We're excited every single month. We're going to have a new episode for you. Sometimes we're going to talk about some things that are a little heavier. Sometimes we're going to talk about just the fun stuff. And as parents, we know that we experience all of that. Thank you for joining us on the LC Parents podcast. We'll see you at church this weekend.